me, officers. Hi, how you doing? Nick Bentley, nice to meet you, sir. Uh, we, me and my friends here, we work at uh, WCUG, the local uh, college radio station downtown, and we're just trying to do some coverage on this and find out, you know, what it is and why people are down here. Would you be interested in talking to us, just giving us information like that? From WCUG, Cougar Radio, and Uproar Radio, this is a joint report about the rally that took place off Broadway just recently. We spent a few hours talking with participants and onlookers to learn what was going on and why it's here in our Columbus community. I'm Nick. And I'm Shove. And we'll be with you today as we explore a community rally on Broadway. This is Nick Bentley reporting for. Woo! <laughs> you good? Rolling. Hey, Nick. So um, go ahead and set the scene for me. What's been going on? So, on January the 27th, uh, we here at WCUG and Uproar Radio got news that a local rally was being held on Broadway to raise awareness for the events that were happening up in Atlanta, specifically right. around DeKalb County. And so, we gathered our equipment, and we left from the Carpenters Building down Broadway, and we arrived on the scene of where the rally was about to happen shortly before it began. And... Already, there were rally participants getting everything that they had ready. They had their banners and their drums. And also, several onlookers had gathered on both sides of the street of Broadway, as well as um, several law enforcement officers there. We stopped there, and uh, we decided to ask some of the onlookers what you know they thought was going on and why this was happening things like that would you be uh, willing to speak with us sure sure i am here with a mr brian hickman why are you out here well i heard about the protest going to happen today so i came out and uh just caught my interest so i come out here and see what was going on okay. and do you know about any of the events surrounding why we're doing a rally today a little bit not a whole lot no so are you usually uh in, a, in attendance at rallies no, documenting no, not at all no Okay, so you're not. This is a first-time experience? Yeah, I live in Phoenix City. so I, just I mean, it seemed as if there was a lot of people there out of curiosity. Uh, some people didn't seem to have too much information going on. Um, did you find those, you know, that kind of knew what was happening? Yes, actually. So there were seemingly just as many people that did know what was going on as people just coming to watch the rally itself. And uh, we spoke to a... Uh, onlooker by the name of Samantha, who actually gave us a lot of information about why this rally was happening. This is a peaceful community rally based around the deforestation effort in Atlanta um, by a local construction company. And there was a recent death during the protests in Atlanta. So we are just here to support. And obviously I am in the background. Um, I'm just kind of helping overturn the hecklers so they're not quite so loud and just kind of side-eye people into silence. So is this your first time showing up to a rally or, or you know, like a, a group 
Ooh, people are loud today. It's your first time showing up to like a, a rally or, or like a protest or anything of that matter? Absolutely not. Um, I've attended rallies here in Columbus over the last few years, especially um, the BLM rallies, the anti-abortion Roe v. Wade overturning rallies, several different rallies in the area. So it's great to see another one. While we spoke to onlookers who were in support of the ralliers, as we crossed Broadway, we also spoke to those in support of law enforcement officers on the scene. So why'd you come down here? Well, let's see. Uh, retired military. Uh, got some time after the military and law enforcement in over in Alabama. And uh, I just had to come down here and see what, Ant you know, you always hear Antifa in the big cities like New York or just recently Atlanta and whatever. And I just had to see, come down here and see what kind of people support protesting and shooting at the police. And then they're upset because when you shoot at the police, you don't get the result that you wanted, which is one of their protesters bit the bullet, you know. Uh, I just had to see what, and, and my, my, my questions uh, were pretty much answered uh, as to the type of people that would come down and protest here in Columbus. Uh, and another question I have, why not stay in Atlanta where it happened? Why well, come down here to, 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 to Columbus and try and start some stuff in a military, a pro-military, pro-law enforcement town where you do have groups like Back the Blue. Uh, heck, you got the founder over here, Mr. Paul Voorhees of Ranger Joe, standing right behind me. Uh, okay, well, let me ask you this. So while you may not agree with this rally and the things that are happening here, do you believe protesting and the ability for people to to gather and make their voices heard is an important part of our American system? Absolutely, and in, in, it's, it's in the Constitution. But I believe in peaceful protesting. Uh, if you're coming in to, to, to break windows or burn cars or shoot at people, no, that, that's, that's anarchy. And, and there's, I mean, you might as well just throw everything we've accomplished up to this point out the window. If, you, if you're going to say the ends justify the means that we need to do that, then somewhere we, we've gotten off track. But uh, I'm sorry, I'm, uh, I'm a 60-year-old, you know, I guess I'm middle-aged or past middle-aged, uh, but I serve my country, and I still believe in, in the rule of law. We're here with Mr. Paul Voorhees, founder of Ranger Joe's and also the Columbus Back the Blue. How are you doing today, Mr. Voorhees? Oh, I'm doing fine on a cold day today for an old man. What brings you down here to this rally? Well, I support law enforcement. Uh, I'm an unconditionally supporting law enforcement. I, that's the only reason I'm here, to see what help them. If there's any help needed, I'll back them up. So I guess to follow up with that, are you in favor of our right to protest and a people's right to gather and things like that? I, I'm in favor of it, but we have laws. And uh, you, you, to get more than 15, you're supposed to have a permit. And really, you should have a permit anyway. But uh, no, I, I don't have, I, you know, if, if I felt like protesting something, I would, but I do it peacefully and I do it according to the letter of the law. Okay, so with that, uh, how much do you know about, I guess, the rally that's happening today or what this is about? Well, I, I, I know a little. They, uh, this company, this building, this building right across the street here, okay. they're building a law enforcement group. Uh, training area in Atlanta and the way I understand it this group have they moved in there and camped out they didn't want them to disturb the, the uh, 
the trees in the forest where they were planting. I, I, I think that was just a, a ploy to be able to get in there and, and cause some problems. But, but anyway, uh, they when they went in there, uh, the police went in there. One of them, the one that died, shot a, a, a state patrolman in the stomach, and he's still in critical condition. And I think I believe the other, some of the others gunned him down, which I don't know what else they should have done. What I mean, he 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 wasn't there. <laughs> he wasn't trying to be friendly. You you uh, strike first blood, I guess you call it, and you set the pace. But uh, and they're protesting that death of that young man. And uh, but who would protest the death of that officer if he dies? I mean, you know and. He, you know, it's just, he was doing his job, but uh, I don't think they have any beef with us, with here in Columbus. This is an honest company, a legitimate company. They bid on this contract, just like they bid on that contract up there, and they were the winners. So that's a free enterprise system. So they, they had nothing to do with just moving into that forest. They just bid on the contract. The city approved all that. While speaking to the onlookers and even rally members, everyone had very different personal views, opinions, and ideas about what this rally was here for and what it hoped to accomplish. One through line was... What's happening now is it sucks that a lot of people, they stand up for what they believe in. Then you have people who don't even understand what they're standing up for, like just downplaying it. And instead of, I feel that instead of downplaying what they're doing, People should actually try to find out more about it. Like, why not? Like, why just try to be negative about it? Bouncing off of that, do you have any knowledge of what's happening? Uh, not much, honestly. I'm like, honestly, I ain't even gonna lie. Like, maybe a week ago, a buddy of mine he told me about it, and in fact, the owner of Cuckoo's Nest, he's the one who told me about it, um, because he got like little pamphlets and stuff in there, um, and he told, like I said, he told me about it, and he. Like, honestly, I really didn't think it was going to come to Columbus. I was going to go to Atlanta, actually. So how do you think that rallies and protests and things like that here in Columbus can affect places like Atlanta and the movements that are happening up there? I mean, honestly, I feel like it don't matter where where the people are because I've seen people, like, even further from us, like, so, uh, not celebrating, but supporting the Stop the, stop the City um, or Stop Cop City. Um, and I feel that even just a little support, like it can go a long way because then like you might just be there standing by yourself, but then also knowing that you have people supporting you from miles and miles away who don't know you, that also means a lot too. Well, I hope people actually listen because a big problem, and you can see it, uh, especially with some of the people here, is that they literally don't care. They, um, they have absolutely zero respect for the people at these rallies. And uh, unless you have a, a massive force all at once, um, in, in their terms, displaying dominance, then you're just not gonna get the respect that you need to have change actually happen. And I see you have a, a camera here. Are you uh, looking to document the uh, goings on here? Uh, I just carry my camera around, take pictures of whatever, and I figure uh, what a better way to join the activism than to come here and take pictures and probably post them online later. I think, you know, I'm, I'm a strong uh, environmentalist, strong supporter of the, especially the green space in Atlanta, it being the greenest city in America and uh, or having the most green space. and. I think like deforesting and putting uh, a police training camp on top of it is just about the most backwards thing you could do, especially in 2023. Um, it, it's ridiculous. And now that they have blood on their hands, uh, that 
you, you can't go forward with this without at least acknowledging somebody. After having gathered the opinions of several onlookers, both for and against the rally, we approached the ralliers themselves to see what they had to say. How are you guys doing today? Um, all right, all things considered, it could be much worse. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing good today. Awesome, so I just had a few questions. What is this rally about? Would you mind telling us? Um, this rally is in honor of Tortuguita, an activist who was recently murdered um, defending the Atlanta forest um, from Cop City, um, which is a militarized police training facility that is scheduled to be built. Um, the community has overwhelmingly opposed it. There was a town hall meeting in Atlanta, and over 70% of those speakers um, did not want Cop City to continue, and that has gone completely unnoticed, completely unacknowledged. We're out here today because uh, a friend of the movement was killed by police uh, last week, and. I think it's time and I think a lot of people around the country and around the world are realizing that it's time to stand up um, and fight and really fight this thing right now because it's clear that no one wants it. It's clear that nobody wants it except the police. Okay, and why do you guys think uh, this rally is important for raising awareness not only in the local area but for the state of Georgia as a whole? Um, I think Columbus has a lot of special ties with Atlanta, not just like being so close, but also with Brassfield and Gorey doing a lot of construction here as well. Um, and also this is for solidarity. This is not just a Georgia issue, you know what I mean? There are different facilities like this being built in different states. There's been vigils and movements held in every single state and every single continent for Tortuguita. Um, and I feel like that speaks a lot on how activists, not only in Georgia, but in the country and in Germany, um, Greta Thunberg, like support this and see why it is so important. Yeah, I think as they just said, um, we're one, we're really close to Atlanta. And I think that having cross city solidarity uh, in general, when it comes to social movements is really important. Uh, and two, I think that, as they also said, you know, the murder of an activist, there's also been multiple police killings that are um, high, um, high visibility right now that were probably pretty brutal. We're gonna hear about those later today. Uh, and I think people people are awake and they're they're listening and um, yeah and we're just trying to be out here and let people know that. that yeah, that there's there's folks everywhere who want to see things like this not happen, who don't want to see Cop City built. And I also think that that we know that Cop City getting built. I think just a few days ago, some numbers came out that like 43% or 42% of the trainees that would be coming into this Cop Academy in Atlanta would not even be from Georgia, would not be from the state of Georgia. After talking with everyone who attended the rally, uh, whether they be onlookers or the ralliers themselves, we heard a myriad of opinions and outlooks. But these are the things that we know for sure. Our sources are NPR, WRBL, the Associated Press, and other media outlets. So, at the site of a planned public safety training center for police, environmental protesters occupied the forested area to prevent continued construction. Sometime after the occupation by protesters, Georgia State Troopers conducted an operation to remove the protesters, which resulted in an exchange of gunfire where a Georgia State Trooper was wounded by a gunshot to the abdomen and the protester Tortuguita was shot and killed. The GBI reported there is no body camera footage of the incident and NPR also goes on to report the GBI has found a forensic connection between a handgun found in Tortuguita's possession and the bullet wounding the state trooper. As a result, protests began in the Atlanta area with a portion becoming violent over the next few days. I mean, it seems like while we were there, um, everyone had a sense of what they were there for. You know, they had the facts that brought them there. They had the information that brought them to the rally, that brought them to observe, that brought them to participate in any way. And 
it just seems as if that everyone that we talked to had just a slice of the whole. You know, this is such so changing so fast. It's it's uh, very dynamic and it's very confusing. I think you know all the different connections, all the different ways that this story comes together. If anything, the thing that's most surprising to me is how you know we're talking about these things and we think that this is an event that is novel. That's something that's only from Atlanta. But even while we were out there, we were able to speak to someone who had been directly impacted by elves in our own local community. And I am here with. Kathy Scott Likes. Awesome. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for asking. Yes, ma'am. So, uh, are you from here? Are you from Atlanta? or? I live here in Columbus, Georgia. I'm actually an impacted family member who lost a loved one to police violence and brutality. Uh, my son, Jarvis Likes, was murdered on December 29, 2017 by a Georgia State Trooper right here in Columbus, Georgia. Okay, so this is a very... Uh, personal matter Absolutely. for you then. Absolutely. Okay, and uh, so what do you know about uh, what's happened uh, both in Atlanta and why this rally is happening today? As far as the loss of another human being by another Georgia State Trooper uh, hits home very much so. Um, also with the fact of another life being taken by law enforcement who, you know, took an oath to protect and serve, but they continue taking the lives of our lost loved ones um, without being held accountable, you know, for their actions. So have you come out to many of these? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I have traveled all across the country. I have been on so many platforms talking on the death of my child as well as other family members and the problematic we have with police, violence and brutality. So yes, I am an activist. I am an advocate. Um, I'm always trying to support families standing in unity and solidarity with them and uh, letting them know that, hey, they are not alone in this fight. So as both an activist and somebody uh, very personally impacted by the issues that they're trying to discuss today, what do you hope to see come out of things like this? Uh, reform changes. Abolish qualified immunity, you know. Uh, do some more training to these police officers where lives will stop being taken. You know, we uh, we have to keep standing. We have to keep being honest with ourselves and, and admit that this is an ongoing problem. Um, so I'm hoping that this will change, uh, make some changes. We don't want this. We're tired of this. Instead of continue adding on to the problem, let's find some solutions. Let's find some solutions. Obviously, solutions are hard to come by with complex problems like this, but what everyone there was hoping for was some kind of change. And we asked around to see what that change may look like to some people. So what do you think rallies and things like this, what do you think they can accomplish? Can they accomplish anything? I think so, because either I feel like you have two choices. Either you can just sit there and just accept what happens, or you can at least try. Like, you don't know unless you try. So why not it? At least, at least try and fail, and at least you say you did try. Well, not only is the right to protest a First Amendment right that everyone loves to scream about the First Amendment, they tend to forget that the right to protest is also a crucial one because we are a country built off of a protest in and of itself. Um, so the fact that people can feel safe enough to communicate that they are not okay with something going on in their country is crucial, and I firmly believe in that right, and I will fight for it tooth and nail whether I agree with the what they're saying or not. Um, well, I think that 
we, as, as with the people in Atlanta and the people all over who are attempting to organize right now um, about uh, stopping this police training facility from being built, stopping this forest from being destroyed, that's exactly what we want. We don't want to see uh, another cop training facility. We want to see that $30 million in tax funder money go to things that we know actually uh, help the community, like housing, like food, autonomy. Um, and so, yeah, that's what we want to see. We don't want to see Cop City get built. We want to see the forest be tended to and cared for. Um, and, yeah. I mean, it kind of seems like here at the end, we're really only talking to people that are uh, supporters of the rally. Um, you know, so kind of what was going on here? What was happening for us as reporters? Well, to be completely transparent and honest, what was happening was in our experience and what we experienced at the rally, the majority of the people that were willing to speak with us and answer our questions were mostly from the pro-rally side of the fence. Right. There were supporters of the event going on. Yes. And I am not sure what the worriedness of the people who were not in support or maybe were not aware of the reasons for the rally was in not talking to us, but we asked several people if they would like to speak with us and they did not feel comfortable yeah. uh, doing so even off the record. And right. we did make very clear that off the record was an option and anonymity was an option and they still politely declined to speak with us. The thing that I really took away was I felt that there was this kind of expectation of what this rally, what this event was supposed to be. And then there was this reality of what it actually was. And it seems as if that one side was expecting to hold a rally in support of Tortuguita and to bring awareness to the events that had happened in Atlanta. And the other side seemed to be expecting violence or to expect something very serious to occur. There seemed to have been this kind of tension amongst the people there. It, it seems as if like they were expecting something much more serious to happen than just the rally as it was. Yes. Um, and that sense of tension, I think, perforated everyone, even us. Right. When we got the calls and the information about it, um, we made our preparations based off the fact that we thought there was going to be several tens of protesters there. Right. Like, that it was going to be a big event that there was going to lead to something uh, untoward and that yes. we needed to be prepared. It was something kind of coming to at us from all directions. Yes. And I think that message also made its way not only to the public at large, mm -hmm. but also to local law enforcement. Social media, I'm sure, was a exactly. huge proponent of this. And because of how that information was disseminated and the language used in those uh, messages, um, law enforcement was out in large numbers. Yeah, I mean, WRBL reported, you know, tens and tens and tens of cops out there. And we were out there on the streets and we really saw you know, a, a lot of police movement. And well, uh, it was already said by Mayor Skip Henderson that they would rather be prepared than unprepared. And I think that's a fair statement to say. But I think that what we ended up seeing was this almost disproportionate response as to the amount of ralliers to the amount of police right. that showed up, which on a visual level is one of, it makes it seem like an over- wrought show of force right that makes sense like 
the police were in such numbers to quell the rally altogether. Almost or, intimidate people yes, from not showing up, maybe. Exactly. Um, in in that sense. Whether whether they succeeded, to, in, succeeded that, in that or not is, yeah, who knows. But I think this is also an important note about how we see and view protests or rallies in the modern age that we live in and that when it comes down to it as much as who we've talked to today we're very much in favor of protesting and rallying and making your voices be heard it's almost seen as like a scary thing mm, right to choose to do that mm-hmm. because the image of a protest that we have now in the modern day is violent. Is violent, and is that upsetting. is that is what is that is what is shown to us is always the mm. fallout of a protest. So, like the media has shown us the worst parts of it, when in reality, especially what we witnessed was a peaceful rally. Yes, that was made to seem like it was going to end up being violent. Not through any fault of the ralliers themselves, but, but just through the weaponization of social media and of optics. The, of the public lens that is shown on things like this. And I think for us as a local community, this is a chance for us to maybe take a step back and analyze how we look at protests and movements. Yeah. And make sure that we are doing our job as both the press, as news sources, as radio stations, as, as individual com- community members, to ensure that everyone, no matter what your opinion is about the subject or not, is allowed to express that opinion in things like rallying and protesting. Mm-hmm. There was a large discussion about the illegality of the rally, but from the reporting that WRBL said and from us being there, there were no arrests. There was no violence. In fact, they never broke the number required that was set where they said that uh, after a certain number, they were going to dismiss the rally altogether, and they never reached that threshold. So, you know, all the things that were put in place to be triggered in case of never came to fruition in a sense. And I hope I'm not speaking to one side or the other, but from the people that we talked to, uh, it very much seemed like onlookers wanted to see some kind of spectacle. They were almost in some ways disappointed that nothing happened a lot of the times because right. of the information that they had been, you know, the, the phrase, they had received. Right. The phrase I heard most was, oh, I heard this was going on and I came to see what it was about. What it was about. Exactly. And I think that's the other thing that we should work on is informing people about what things are about. It's kind of what's the next step beyond exactly. curiosity? Curiosity kind of gets you there, but then how do we expand that into something yeah. more wholesome, something real? Exactly. No matter what happened, it's a lose-lose situation for everyone. And so like in a situation like that, going into a situation where it seemed as if no matter what happened, there's this lose-lose optic you know, either for the rally goers or for, you know, the police that are there. Um, that is such a complicated place to kind of stand in, I think. And that's what makes this kind of reporting interesting is because I don't know if we're finding the middle. I don't know if there's a center to find, but at least we've 
opened up the pool enough to have enough voices in here to at least maybe give a sense of where the community's at. Uh, I think sometimes when we don't push ourselves to do this kind of reporting, we tend to be siloed. We tend to be in one side only, you know, uh, you know, classic college liberal or something. And if we don't push ourselves to understand other perspectives or to hear other voices, then I think that that's more detrimental than going out with some sense of curiosity and trying to put ourselves out there and try and learn something. And I think what we find there by not going and talking to the people who actually attend these things, we project our idea of those people. Again, we keep talking about this expectation of what should have happened. Exactly. And the less that we are not there on the ground reporting what's happening, the more that that unreality becomes true. Exactly. I agree. And, you know, to speak to the the tension and, and our experiences, while you were producing, I was the one that had to go up and ask these people mm-hmm. if they wanted to actually talk. And in that, I felt a very unique sense of distrust, if that makes any sense. Um, a lot of the people that we tried to talk to who did not want to talk to us, there was very much a sense of they felt like their voices actually weren't going to be heard Mm. or their ideas and opinions would be misconstrued by us. Mm. Um, And I felt that in a very real way. This kind of lack of trust towards student media. Yes. Um, And it... It upset me in a way that was not antagonistic, but that I felt like, oh man, I, I really wish people would, would trust me more with their, with their things, because I think that's what we strive for here at WCUG and on Uproar Radio, that we would, we want the truth and the facts to be known. Yeah. And we want people's opinions to get out there. We want to have that space. Yes. Because I feel confident saying that everyone here both at WCUG and at Uproar Radio, that we want the space for people to be able to talk and discuss and and have conversations about ideas and spaces like that. And so at, it was very unique because this was my first time being in a situation like this mm-hmm. explicitly as a, a press person. And so it's a very unique perspective to have. Um, and... You know, there was other uh, press people out there that I'm sure were feeling the same way yeah. a lot of the time because it, it wasn't like we were the only people being ignored. Yeah. Does that make sense? There was, you know, other members of the press were trying to ask questions and they were kind of getting the same the same thing. Mm-hmm. But and that's a, maybe that's a challenge on our end. You know, I agree. Future we need to make it more. Media. We need to make ourselves appear more open. Yeah. To everybody, which is what we try to do. Which is why putting this together was so important for both of us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else you want to leave with before we get out of here? Change in any way does not occur unless you as a person would like to see it happen. So if there's a change you would like to make, either in your life or in the broader sense in your community, whether that be local, whether it be national, whether you live in a city or even in a rural area outside of a town. The first step to any change has got to begin with you. 
Scoring production was produced with the cooperation of the student staff of WCUG Cougar Radio and the CSU Department of Communication. Thanks to Department Chair Dr. Dana Gibson and WCUG Faculty Advisor Dr. Bruce Getz for their help in airing this show. This show is edited and produced by the staff and volunteers of WCUG. Operations Director of WCUG Cougar Radio is Shoei Rakawa. Our Production Manager is Austin Slocum. Our Marketing Manager is Ray Palmer. Our Community Manager is Riz Newman. And our Programming Manager is Lawrence Smallwood. You can listen to this show and more online by searching for our call letters, WCUG. I'm Nick. And I'm Show. And this has been a special broadcast of Uproar Radio.